right, now we're live here with the Justin Brothers. We're going to do our own little scoop on the uh, NFL draft today with a little special preview. We're, today we're going to focus on positional rankings for each uh, section of the NFL draft from quarterback to running back to tight end to offensive lineman to wide receiver and then flip over to the defensive side. We'll start with DNs. Uh, and we have to combo them out to 3-4. We will to the 4-3. Uh, we'll also talk about interior linemen. We'll do some outside linebackers, inside linebackers, talk linebackers. And then we'll get to corners. And then finally, safeties will clump together. That's what we're focused on post-combine. Sean, how you doing today? Good, good. Unfortunately, we had the mock draft uh, when we did a couple about a week and a half ago go south on us. We lost it to the internet gods somewhere. And uh, we were scooping all this combine stuff that took place a few days later, interestingly enough. So we got some great stuff to talk about today. Uh, before we start off with our positional rankings, which will be the base of the show, guys, we want to look into the combine and what we thought about it, the whole idea. Uh, also, Sidney Jones uh, at his pro day in Washington, he tore his Achilles. So he is uh, one of the Zustin brothers unofficially. Uh, with a torn Achilles, Sean, comments on uh, Sidney Jones. What do you think there, huh? It's nice to know that right now I could beat Sidney Jones in a 40. <laughs> Dude, Sidney Jones is going to hate himself in about three Sydney. months. Sidney! Oh, my god! Yeah, especially when he gets – I mean, that's a big potential drop. Maybe we'll cover that when we get there, but let's just tease that a little bit. That's the potential of dropping, like, multiple rounds. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, and and – the, whoever drafts Sidney Jones this year, he's not playing this year. There's, nope. I mean, he Zero tore. Shot. He's not even got surgery yet. So we're looking at eight months where he thinks he can get back on the field. Maybe eight months, and that puts shut you in the middle down. of November. Not shut it. You shut it down. Yeah, not going to be in shape. You shut it down for sure. So Sidney Jones, man, that's a tough one because he's going to lose it's, some money. It's similar to. I mean, I guess we'll dive into it real quick. It's similar to the Oregon kid, only the Oregon Ico whatever his name is. He's been cut now three times. Uh, His was a knee. He should be able to come fully back with the Achilles, but I'm not gonna lie, that is not a fun rehab, especially at that elite level. I can't even imagine how much of a pain in the ass that is. Yeah, and so we're on the same page with that guy from Oregon, that corner from Oregon. He had some major issues. I don't know if he had nerve issue, but they knew the Browns knew drafting him that he he was never going to be to the point where he was. It's crazy, though, because you see Derek Johnson, that linebacker for Kansas City. He he tore his other Achilles, so he's tore two Achilles now. But, man, Achilles are tough to come back from just because the blood doesn't get there. You know, always got to keep it above your heart. Man, that's a tough injury. That sucks yeah, for that if it's going to happen, you want money. it to happen at, at 22, though, because if it happens at 31, you're done for your career. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, let's get right to it. Uh, NFL Combine, uh, post-NFL Combine position rankings. We got a lot to talk about here, uh, starting off from the tilt quarterback position. I mean, you listen to other pods. You read up on this stuff, and almost all scouts and reporters are saying, uh, well, reporters are saying after speaking with scouts that no one was impressed with this quarterback group whatsoever. They said out of the guys that did work out of the combine, well, they all worked out of the combine. That impressed them, 
uh, it was only really Deshaun Watson threw the ball uh, accurately. Uh, however, Deshaun Watson, did you see that measurement where the velocity of his ball was like 59 and the average quarterback is 65? So he's not zipping the ball through, and that's going to be a tough one if you want to play in cold weather places like Buffalo, New York, or Cleveland. Sean, let me get your top five positional rankings and uh, what else you think about the uh, combine for the quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going here. I, knowing none of them woo any of the teams or really kind of like stood out. I, I do think there might be something with Jacksonville, though. Jacksonville might be in on Watson a little bit. Uh, but if I was ranking, I'm going Kaiser, Watson, Mahomes, Trubisky, Davis Webb. I'm doing a top five. That's my top five. Um I think, you know, David Davis Webb's maybe a, a touch sneaky. Uh, I still don't know enough about this kid from Wyoming, but I know he didn't blow the doors off or really even make that much of an impression. Yeah. So I think all these guys are at least a year and a half away. I think Kaiser's got the most upside, but he's also – he could be Logan Thomas. Yeah, let's talk about Mahomes. Uh, his film is pretty evident in the sense that he is more excited about getting outside of the pocket than he is actually standing and delivering. It's Johnny uh, Manziel. I mean, that, that's yeah. what it is. It's it, it. Everything you see of him, it's one read, and I'm gonna go do something. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do the point on the outside. Give me a block and let me make a play. Uh, it's not, you know, stand in the pocket, maybe take a hit, step up, make a throw to a receiver. That's you know, late break, read a defense, uh, look off a safety. It's none of that. None of the finer intricacies. That there's a reason why we watched the the two guys in the Super Bowl um, that we did and and that we. The, you know, the guy in New England, Luke's boy, has five of them. Yeah, it's, that's a that's pretty straightforward with Mahomes. I mean, none of these guys, I think, from the standpoint, you don't want to play these rookies their first year. These guys are fragile, to say the least. I, I think of, uh, you remember Mike McMahon, the, the, the Lions drafted him out of Rutgers, Sean, you remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sucked. That's that's yeah. That's what Mahomes reminds me of. <laughs> we can connect Super the dots. Athletic. From that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I heard a couple podcasts too, and there was a sense of arrogance to Mahomes, uh, which is kind of interesting in the sense where it's like, you know, just shut up, take your medicine, go through this process. This. The Browns, the Browns be a level of arrogance. Webb. The Browns had Davis Webb and all that Senior Bowl stuff. He showed up early. He put in work. A I mean, he's got a little cockiness to him too, but uh, if if they're not enamored here, um, they could be looking to zag when when everybody else is is zigging. Maybe they don't they don't actually take the quarterback in one of the first thirty three picks um, like they've got. It, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm. It's a real real puzzling quarterback draft. There's two next year that would be one and two in this draft. I mean, it would be really interesting. I think Arnold or um, Sam Donald would, would be on our team over Miles Garrett, to put this in perspective. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Rosen would be, but I think our board would be Darnold and then um, Garrett and Rosen. I think that actually would be our draft board if, if, it, if all the guys were eligible. Rosen's got to do a little bit more for me, but that'll be next year uh, on the grand scheme of things. Uh, yeah, the Davis Webb thing. See, I didn't get arrogant from him at all. I mean, if anything, I, I got kind of tall and dorky from him watching him at the Combine. I mean, he's got real nice size. He's got a nice little arm slot that he gets over top on the ball. Um, but 
accuracy kind of footwork. And well, kind the, of a system, dopey the dude. system sucks. It's the same system Jared Goff was in. It's a joke. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, though, because Jared Goff is, I mean, it's the same system. Well, it's not the same system there, and Rodgers was in, though. No. So. All right, but I think uh, I, I actually, I don't, I don't like Mahomes at all, actually. Mahomes is not even in uh, my top five for quarterbacks after watching him throw and everything. I just don't – I think the one thing with Mahomes that I noticed from watching him at the Combine, and then I, I threw on a couple uh, flicks of him uh, from playing at Texas Tech, uh, the one thing I noticed about him is every mechanical throw is different. There's nothing repeated. And the one What's thing your that top I five? See, Let's hear it. Well, I'm going to finish this. One thing I want to see with these guys is I want to see repeated, I want to see repeated movements. I want to see the same arm slot. I want to see the same arm angle. I don't want, like, you sling it up and down. I mean, you're not Brett Favre, so, you know, don't try to act like it uh, because it's not going to work for you in the NFL, and it hardly works for anyone except, you know, pretty much Brett Favre. My, well, my top Rogers, five, yeah. well, I don't know if he's Brett Favre. I think he has a little different style to him. But my top five are, uh, I like Kaiser at one. I like his body size. I really think Kaiser, he just needs coached. And he needs put in the right situation. He's still young. So I like Kaiser a lot. Uh, my number two quarterback, uh, probably Trubisky. Uh, and then uh, my number three is Watson. And then I like Peterson. Is it Peter Peterson from uh, Pittsburgh? Peterman. No, it's Peterman. Peterman. Peterman from Pittsburgh. And then Davis Webb, fifth. Uh, I just don't like Mahomes. He doesn't do it for me. And uh, I don't think he's going to have a future in the NFL for long. Peterman got a Cody Kessler on. Yeah, he does. Yeah, so he's got to be in the right system. I mean, isn't running back, the story let's, let's with all these guys. It. Let's go. So running back, ne- running back, next position. Running back's a really interesting position because I think that the this running back class really, uh, I think it has three guys that can really play a certain role, and then there's a fourth on the tier, and then it kind of tapers off from there. Sean, who do you got for a? You uh, want to do top five? You want to do three, four? Yeah, let's, let's uh, do, who do you? Do who are your top five. guys? Actually, I'll give you six, but. Uh, cool. Now, I think there's certain teams where it could matter. I'm going to say Dalvin Cook won. I think there are a couple teams of Fournette I, I maybe like more um, than than Cook or anybody else, just the power running schemes. But for the sake of, of just overall, Cook, Fournette, then I think McCaffrey at third. I like Alvin Kamara, four. And then five, I'm doing a tie here. Curtis Samuel, Joe Mixon. I think Mixon's a little sleepy, sneaky, and Samuel to the right team is a little sneaky too. Yeah, why are they putting Curtis Samuel wide receiver? He's not a wide receiver. He doesn't run good routes, and he's just not – anyone that watched Ohio State, he's not a wide receiver. Uh, who knows? He, he He's going to be those jack-of-all-trades. He's going to be in the backfield. He's a, he's kind of like your your third down package. So Yeah, I, I don't get – I don't get it at all. He's he's more of a veer runner than he is anything. I don't – me personally, I don't think Curtis Samuel has a position in the NFL, and it's just going to be a tough little sledding for him. best thing that guy could do is get his three years in and try to get in on the uh, retirement. Wow. So, yeah, sorry to say, but he's got straight line speed, but he never impressed me too much. I think a lot of Ohio State fans liked him more than what he actually was. Uh, I like your top five, Sean. I really do. The only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to actually flip um, and uh, – I'm going to put Christian McCaffrey at one. I'm going to put Dalvin Cook at two. I'm going to put Leonard Fournette at three, Alvin Kamara at four, and Joe Mixon at five. And I really think those five guys stand out. I'm going to put McCaffrey at one for one solid reason. I think he is going to be the best 
wide receiver out of all of these running backs. And the way the NFL is moving to a pass-happy league and with the penalties and how it's officiated, I think Christian McCaffrey is so dynamic and what he can do for a team in multiple positions. If The team that drafts him has to understand that they're committing to a more spread, open offense, and he can add so much to it. I think he is past. I don't know in terms of pass blocking what he's going to get, but I would hope you never want to put him in a situation where you have him pass blocking because he's such a good receiver. What's your take on McCaffrey, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I I think he did kind of what he was supposed to, what he did in college. He started his uh, two years ago as kind of a hybrid player similar to what Samuel was at Ohio State, actually. And then he was just so damn good at running back that they, they moved him into that spot. But you can find ways to get him the ball. You you can be creative with it. Um, yeah, I, I think he's got some upside. He's got to go to the right team, though. And I, he's a little thin in the shoulders, uh, but he does get sideways and doesn't take a lot of direct contact. So, um yeah, you know, I think I think there's some upside there, but it, again, it's going to be a lot of fit there because he goes to the wrong team. He goes to a Jacksonville team, and they try and kind of make him um, a little bit more every down, and I think they're going to run yeah. into all sorts of issues with that. Yeah, I try to push him into a position. So I got a take for you here. Saints are picking eight or nine. Do you have the spreadsheet nine, up in I front of you? Nine. No, no, they're no. Nine. Saints are 11. Bengals Saint, are nine. All right. Even better, Saints at eleven. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to go to the Saints oh. at eleven, and I'm Dude, telling you why. The Saints don't have a honest. defense that can stop anyone. If they're drafting running backs, they got they are. That's bad call. Bad call. Well, you, you know these. It's like Detroit. Detroit doesn't have, like they have spots open, and they still draft running backs all See, the time. Yeah, I, I think I think if you're looking at McCaffrey, you got to maybe target. If you're a Saints and you're looking at something like that, you say, okay, I'll take McCaffrey. I'll take Kamara at thirty-two. With New England's pick from the Brandon Cooks trade, like that—that's that, where the. Oh, you're not from. getting McCaffrey at 32, Sean. There's no way. One of these teams in the back half of the first, they look at Christian McCaffrey and they're saying, "Oh my God, he's a dynamic weapon to our uh, to our offense. We can maybe get him the ball, get him 10, 12 touches a game." No, but the Saints with with Brandon Cooks going out. Who knows? Maybe they look to add that dynamic on turf again with uh, Drew Brees. Get him, get him another playmaker. Uh, Wayne Gorman is another, another running back to keep an yeah. eye on. Guy out of Clemson. I like him. Yeah, yeah. Leonard Fournette, is he a dying breed in the NFL? I, I know, you know, I know that, you know, Luke will like a guy like Leonard Fournette because he's a bruiser, runs hard, and there's nothing about that. But is he? A, to me, he's a dying breed. What, I mean, what's your whole idea on this? Uh, he doesn't run out of the shotgun well. That's a problem. No, but there are certain teams where you put him with Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. That, that's going to be a pretty dynamic mix. Like you, he's got to be with a decent to, to, to above average quarterback um, that allows him not to see so much eight man. Um, and and he's got certain runs that that he specializes in, and then other situations where he's going to struggle. Um, He's one and he's a first and second down guy. I don't know. I think he's on the sidelines on third down. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. third and short. So that to me is a little problematic. Um, and th- then again, you know, there's there's certain systems that, like I said, he could he could work out. You look at a guy like Demarco Murray. There's a lot of similarities there. Murray catches the ball a little bit better, but Leonard Fournette's better than Derrick Henry, isn't he? Um, I don't know. See, I I I. Don't know about that. I think Leonard Fournette seeks contact too much. 
my best case scenario for Leonard Fournette might be somewhere like Kansas City, where they can they try to you know really run inside the tackles. But I just don't like his style. I I, I think it's a dying breed in the NFL. I don't really see teams. He, he's like a Legarrette Blunt, really. But you got to be in such the perfect situation to make that running style work. I mean, Legarrette Blunt is his style to me. So you're going to spend that type of pick on a Legarrette Blunt type player? Yeah, I'm not taking a, guy, a, a running back in the first round unless no it's the final piece. Yeah, or he's dynamic and can do things like catch the ball, like a Dalvin Cook or like a Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion. So yep. Uh, one cool thing that I heard was, uh, and I I told Sean this, they actually put these running backs through routes uh, through the route tree after they worked out. It was on the side. It was off television and everything. And everyone was raving about the overall uh, route running ability of Christian McCaffrey. And they also said Alvin Kamara was great in terms of catching balls and running routes and stuff like that. So interesting stuff. That'll uh, segue us right into the wide receiver position. Sean, any sleepers at the wide wide receiver position that you really like or uh, overall perception of the wide receiver position with positional uh, rankings? Uh, two guys actually, and uh, surprised that I'm I'm saying this, but Juju Smith Schuster, uh, actually I thought looked looked really really solid at the combine. Um, and then you know he had lulls at times, but then came on as USC started to come on this year. The Godwin kid from uh, from Penn State, I think certainly popped. Mark, you'll cover him. And Ryan Switzer, I thought was was really strong on the drills. And in this day and age, the, that's a wide receiver two or three um, in a lot of these team systems. So those are three guys that were kind of um, under the radar. Now, obviously, the Davis kid didn't work out, and Mike Williams didn't even run a 40. Uh, you, you get what you see with with um, with Williams. He's a bigger guy. He's going to be more of the Alshon Jeffrey type anyway. Ross ran fast, but he was kind of supposed to run fast. So. I didn't take as much out of that as I took out of Godwin running a 4-4. Yeah, I, I just look back and I say, is it important to draft a Percy Harvin? Is it important to draft a Tavon Austin in the first round like these teams did? I mean, that's what you're getting with John Ross. And, if, and if you, you take if John you Ross, fragile. Like, you could take Ryan Switzer three rounds later and you probably get the exact same player. Yeah. It, 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 it's interesting in that sense because you see what Kansas City. This uh, who is slipping my mind right now. I know him. Who is the, the dude for? You see Tyreek Hill and what? The, yeah, the that, I mean that's, that's, that's that legit. And that's, that's, I mean that's his. Yeah. That's his highest ceiling. So I mean that's his highest ceiling. I mean, and Tyreek Hill is a monster. So I mean, you see what he does. So you can see the flip side. Tyreek Hill argument. played running back in college. I didn't know that. I actually did not know that. I know he had some off the field issues that he beat the living junk out of women. Yeah. So that's interesting with John Ross. I'm not big on John Ross. Uh, I think he's a one-trick pony. Uh, I'm big on John I, Wick, though. I'll tell you that. Ooh, 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 just don't kill his dog. Do not kill the man's dog. Hey, you got to check out John Wick, too, if you haven't. If you're a guy and you have testicles, you need to catch John Wick in the theater. Because every dollar that goes to that goes to John Wick 3. If you're a guy and you like movies, John Wick is the movie for you. I'll put it this way. A woman doesn't talk until she takes her clothes. There's no woman character that talks until about 35 minutes into the movie. She takes her clothes off and like that's the first time she speaks. 
put that my in god context. it's it's 2017 wow you, they're trying to go back so we're moving on we're getting on with this right now I, I the williams kid out of clemson's excellent uh the i wish the speed I, I hope the speed's in the four fives now he's obviously running in pro day because you always get you know someone asked me once why do these guys run at pro day and not at the combine the combine is ruthless. They don't want you, let you roll into your start. They make you set for a three point, uh, like a three point second. They say, like hold for a three point second. Um, they don't let you roll into it, like I said. And everything's laser time, so everything's official at the combine. So these guys, I always find it funny. They're like, man, I'm not too happy with my forty. I was going to run a four three. I ran a four four. That's because you're a four four guy. Because you're finally doing it the right way. They go yeah. to these their pro days, and their pro days want them to cut. Point five, point six. So don't but get too confused with these pro days. Don't listen to these people. The pro days are off. They're not well, going to get it's you. It's funny, you uh, like Jimbo Fisher or something said something about these Nike camps in high school, and they're like, man, I can't understand how all these eighteen-year-olds are running four threes, and then four years later, after they develop, they're running four fives and four sixes, and it's it's spot on. None of these. There's not nearly as many of these kids that run four threes as they as they say they do in these rec- recruiting circles. Like exactly, if, yeah. if these guys are running four fours at eighteen, they're legit track superstars. Yeah, their names are Ted Ginn. Okay, and we all know how that ends. So with the wide receivers, I love I love Godwin out of Penn State. I think he didn't get the ball enough. I thought he has great hands. I like his hips. I he really I no joke. He reminds me of Josh Gordon. Just the style, like going across the middle, that that deep dig route that Josh Gordon get to, um, you know, being able to catch the ball on comebacks, and then having that straight line speed where he can go up and get it. And he was the one guy this year that I thought took, uh, well, had, had a battle with Gary on Conley, and he he got him on a couple jump balls. And then we all know what he did in the Rose Bowl. I mean, he was unguardable in the Rose Bowl. And if you uh, know USC, they had some pretty good corners over there, Adoree J- Jackson being one. So Godwin really does it for me. Godwin, man, I'm telling you, he's the guy I think that whoever drafts him, if he's in the right offense, he can make some huge plays. He really could. And then Corey Davis, Nick Vern's favorite. He's just this really solid football player, and I think there's more to come on him. And he was a heck of a player at Western Michigan, I'll tell you that right now. So, Sean, anything else on the wide receiver position that you'd like to add? No, I think that pretty well covers. I think it's a, a little bit of a top-heavy position, truthfully. Yeah, yeah, no, deba- no doubt about it. And it, it's so specialized on how these teams want their guys, what what guys they want to w- run what routes. So I think it's just about you know the team finding the right fit. Tight end, Sean, you want to start us off with tight end because this tight end class is freaking loaded. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it, head and shoulders, O.J. Howard's the number one. But then when you go two through seven – uh, there, there's a lot of, a lot of talent there. Uh, OJ Howard's my guy. I'd love him at the Browns at 12, uh, between Garrett and Howard, you get a couple guys that walk off the bus, but then are also producers, uh, Garrett, uh, Howard will block, he'll catch. He's, he's a souped up Jimmy Graham, um, with, with, Four, a, you know, five, significantly one speed. Be, yeah, significantly better blocking ability. I mean, he's really kind of. Gronk without the 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 hellacious size, and I don't know what Gronk ran. I, obviously, OJ ran better than that. It's a little bit of like a cross between Gronk and Vernon Davis. Um, I, I just love OJ Howard. I thought he was the best tight end last year's draft. Uh, so and didn't come out. Second, 
so I'm going to oscillate a little bit. I, I'm a huge fan of Jake Butt, but he tore up the knee. I like Evan Ingram. Uh, I, I don't see the as much of the enamor with uh, Najoku from Miami, but he's certainly in the top five. Leggett's there. Hodges out of uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, the kid out of Ashland, that's the name, is slipping me. Sheen, uh, I'm Sheen. A, a third round, maybe sneak into the, to the mid-second is his ceiling. Uh, but I, you know, hear a lot of good things with with him. I mean, those right there, you're, you're talking seven guys, and I know there's even a few more freaks um, that from the combine than that. So I think that that tells you a lot right there about that position heading into this draft. And if you've got one tight end, adding one of these other guys allows you to do a hell of a lot of things, as New England has shown, and it also protects against some of those injuries to guys. Yeah, absolutely. It can help out a bad tackle position as well as open up an outside position for a wide receiver to get some one-on-ones because they can take over that seam route, uh, you know, the, the dashes, so to say, on the football field. So the hashes, rather. Um, so it's pretty interesting what these what these teams are going to do with the tight end position. And when Mike Mayock's raised, just going nuts about the tight end position uh you know it's a good position because uh he's been saying man this is just the talent is oozing from this position all over so uh it's going to be interesting to see where these tight ends land i mean with the game being officiated the way it is again tight ends are just getting more and more value and they're becoming more and more important in these offenses so it's pretty uh it's pretty interesting to talk about uh offensive linemen Sean, is there an offensive lineman that you think sticks out? Because I know right now we're talking Garrett Bowles from Utah. We're talking Ramzik from Wisconsin. Forrest Lamp, who has some phenomenal film against Alabama. Almost kind of like uh, you know uh, the, the film that Khalil Mack had against Ohio State there's talking about. And then obviously you got Cam Robinson. And those four, those five, four guys right there set the tone for the uh, – Talking guard, tackle, center. Those are the four guys. That yeah, I, I mean, I like about. Feeney as another guard, Indiana. Yeah. Uh, Nelson from Notre Dame. Um, the Johnson kid from from Pitt. I think he's bumped into. He's going to be bumped into guard, but he was a Dorian Johnson, a highly rated recruit. He actually picked Pitt over Florida State or uh, over Ohio State in Florida, I believe. Um, Eflin and Posick at the center position from uh, or Posick from uh, LSU and Eflin, obviously from Ohio state. Eflin had a fantastic combine. So I, I think there's, um, there's between what we named four or five tackles. I think Robinson's probably going to be a guard um, and bump in. I think too. I think, I think they're kicking struggles. him in. I think so. You got his you balance. Got he can't stay up right. Four tackles. You got the, the Johnson kid out of Florida state. You got four tackles. I think Johnson's more of a mid second rounder to late, late second, maybe early third. Um, but those other guys we mentioned, I think, are all mid-second and up. And I'd say first-rounders, I'm going to say the three tackles, Ramzik, Lamp, Bowles. I'm going to say Cam Robinson or Feeney. One of those two go in the first at guard. And the two centers, Eflin uh, and Posick, who can both play guard, I think are going to be second-rounders. I think th- those will be team – you know, a team like Dallas, is, it just had Doug Free retire – um, I, I think they lost Ron Leary. You know, all of a sudden their strength now goes to a weekend, weakness. Do they need to kind of maybe double down on that? Or, you know, a team like Dallas, to me, back to the aforementioned position, is tailor-made to take a tight end. Um, and, you know, a guy that, that catches Jerry's eye and gives uh, Pre- Prescott a, another offensive weapon and somebody kind of playing inside a little bit to take some of the pressure off 
uh, Dez and Terrence Williams and Beasley. Yeah, it's time for them to move on from Jason Witten. I would anticipate this being his last year. And if you got a rookie tight end, that would make it so the idea that he could learn from Witten for a year and then be able to move on. Uh, I liked everything you said with that. Uh, they are going to kick some of these tackles down to guard, so don't be alarmed if your team does draft one of these tackles and kicks them to guard. They have balance issues, and their feet aren't where they need to be. I know watching the Cam Robinson film, they hated his overall. He kept falling back, falling back, and you cannot fall back against well. And, and you know, it's interesting because, and I don't know that we'll have a chance. We'll probably have to cover this in the next pod. But you get into like a Derek Barnett, and in college, he got by on I think like 70, 75% of his sacks on speed rush. And you're not speed rushing that consistently in the NFL. It's not happening. So now all of a sudden that production goes away. And I think this is what over the years has always kind of been a little bit um, of a fool or fool's gold is some of the things you get away with. And Cam Robinson's done this at Alabama is he's just stronger than guys rushing him. Well, he's not going to be just stronger than the talent anymore. So now the hands, the footwork, the body positioning, all those things now are amplified. And if you're falling there and you don't have some of that stuff, then all of a sudden now you're really, really problematic. And it's why you know some of these guys like a Joe Staley that didn't have the strength yet, but then two years later as they've matured into this position, there's all the skill sets there. That's where Garrett Bowles forced lamp even Ranzik Ranzik has only I think had like a year or two of of like quality start but he's got all the technical things down and that's what those guys look for well Ramzik too I mean these Wisconsin guys could care less what you think about them I mean they could care less you don't need their their technique and they coach them is there a better program in the state I mean in the country in terms of developing offensive linemen than Wisconsin? Well, no, I, I and think the other it. thing is, is they also run an offensive system that's more pro, pro style. So that yeah, helps. And a great it's conducive deal. to that. Yeah, absolutely. But and, I mean, you know, all these other guys are running corn spread. fed. Like, if you're a five star recruit and you're going to a spread system, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, I, if you're a lineman, I mean, that's why you go to these, you go to Wisconsin, I mean, you're going to be down blocking. I mean, the Joe Thomases. The, you know, uh, Zeitler, Kevin Zeitler, uh, you know, the Travis Fredericks, they just they're phenomenal every year. They just push these guys out and the, their technique is just excellent. So it's pretty interesting to see from that standpoint. Now we're going to move to the uh, defensive side of the ball. We'll start right up front with the big horses. We're going to go interior linemen first. Uh, anyone that's going to play D tackle, uh, they could be eligible to kick into the outside, but they're they're predominantly a D tackle in, the, in this conversation in here and the D tackles really starts with Jonathan Allen. Now is Jonathan Allen being able to do, I mean, is he, he's not a flashy guy. He's not the Aaron Donald type. I think he is getting clouded into that. I'm also going to put into this Solomon Thomas. Me personally, I would take Solomon Thomas, Sean, over Jonathan Allen. Uh, I just like everything that Solomon Thomas can do. And I think he is upside is, is so high in terms of being able to be flexible in positions. He could go three to Chicago, four Jacksonville. There's no way Solomon Thomas gets outside of four. With Jonathan Allen, too, um, I just think overall he's a solid player, but I, I think you see what you're getting uh, with those two guys. Uh, do you want to talk about those two guys or, or add anyone else into the mix in terms of the D tackles? Um, no, I mean, I, I think Solomon Thomas is more of a, d- a defensive end, though, truthfully. But um, I, I think he can play there on rushing downs. So I think you, you bump him inside, on, you know, on third and long. 
uh, third and six plus. Uh, I think that's where he maybe carves out on the interior. Uh, other defensive tackles, I'll just kind of do a, a run through. Uh, I think actually, I think his his last name is Eddie Vanderduce from UCLA. Tore his knee up last year. Uh, Sean, he was gonna... the he was the guy that was supposed to go to Notre Dame, if you remember. Yeah, he, the recruiting snafu, and then he went to uh, UCLA. So actually, I I like him. Of all of these, I look through this list and I see some guys that just don't have a ton of motor. Malik McDowell has the most upside and talent. He's got Calais Campbell type type ceiling. Caleb Brantley's another guy. When he plays really hard, he's really, really good. Uh, I think McDowell and Brantley, along with Allen, uh, are first-rounders. And then I think you could see a Montarius, uh, or Montavious Adams from Auburn. Um the Jaron Jones is just it doesn't flash enough. Watkins from Clemson, Clemson doesn't flash enough. Warmly from Michigan's, you know, someone with with some upside gas glow. I mean, Michigan had so many seniors last year. It's yeah. you always have to be a little leery of that. If you know, almost having too good of a defense, and now you overrate some of the players as a result. But um, I think you know, three maybe uh, three of those guys uh, are. are of all of the defensive tackles or locks for first round. And then you got maybe one or two that could sneak in the back end, you know, a team like Atlanta. And we know Bill Belichick loves defensive tackles. Yeah. I see. I don't, I don't see the McDowell kid making it in the first round. I think Brantley might be able to get on the backside. I think Brantley has to be taken by a team that runs a four, three. And that's another thing with Solomon Thomas. I hope that a team that runs a four, three takes him. I think sometimes when you take these guys out of college and you make them go into a 3-4 and they play the actual 3 technique, the defensive end, or 5 rather, like, it's just, like, it's terrible in that sense. Well, 3 technique, like, these guys are getting doubled and they really don't get to a position where they can make plays. So, and I don't want Solomon Thomas to turn into, like, a Desmond Bryant, so to say. Uh, so, hopefully these guys get by, they go to the right situations. But Caleb Brantley is a decent, decent player, I think. I think he can make a difference. Uh, let's talk defensive end, and uh, I'll start off, and I'll take it right from the tilt here. Miles Garrett's a frickin' stud. Uh, he can do it any way you need it done. He can do it with speed. He can do it with hands. He's got violent hands. He's got his hips. We were talking about how powerful his hips were when he runs. I mean, he explodes off of his hips. And then you add some good hand technique and violent hands to that, and we're talking about a guy that I, I'm, I'm telling you, I said this months ago. I said this in January. He's going to have 10 sacks as a rookie, and that's on the Cleveland Browns. I, and with Jamie Collins playing on the other side, you are talking about him being able to get some matchups where he can get after the quarterback. So I am so excited to see this guy play. I think he's going to be a perfect fit for the Cleveland Browns because you got to get after the pass rusher. And there's some other defensive ends in this draft, Sean. If you want to touch on those guys that are, are that are strong, but when I think when we look at positional rankings, it starts and ends with Miles Garrett at defensive end. Yeah, I got Garrett one. I think I think he's going to be a better pro than he was college player. Me I, too. I, I just it, it, the NFL game's kind of tailor made for him. It's more specialized, and when you're more specialized and you're great at everything, his combine everything was green. Everything was top ten percentile of anything and everything, which says a lot because he's in a spot where he goes up against two hundred and thirty pound 
edge rushers in a 3-4 that still work out with defensive ends. So think about that and put that in perspective. He's in the top 10% essentially of everything when there's also those defensive ends like Jonathan Allen and these larger ones, you know, Carl Lawson, that are just these brute force guys. Like he's spanning across all of them and yeah, he's the best and, across the and, board. And, like that is incredibly uh, impressive. Yeah, and there's no doubt about that. And then when you look into it on the flip side too, uh, Mary Kay and all these other reporters that I don't think really know what they're ta- talking about. They just report stuff that they're just regurgi- told to regurgitate. People are like, oh, his sack totals. Listen, if you're playing against Texas A&M, you know where he is every snap. He's They're not even locating the mic. They're locating miles. It's all oh, UCLA there, could not block they're him kicking, in the first game. They oh. could not block him. Every game after that, and Daniel Jeremiah said this on NFL Network. He said they there was more creative ways that they had that teams found to block and chip and work on Garrett through the year. Yes. So like pushing the boundaries of like cutting while engaged and doing, and he had ankle injuries, he chip backs, and it's why Deshaun Hall was so effective on the other side for A&M is because everything was solo man-to-man. Now, there is a skill to win in man-to-man blocking, but to know that they put the film on and he watched the next three games that A&M played and then all of the different things that they did, that teams did to scheme around Garrett, and then meanwhile he gets hurt and then has downward production as a result of that, it, it's just looking at the numbers and not appreciating any of the nuances oh, yeah. in the and- position or anything. Sean, I'm the coach, and you're the quarterback, and we're going in, and we have to play against Miles Garrett. What do you think I'm coaching you to do? I'm telling you, if you have the ball in your hand after three seconds, you're going to get killed. So all of these coaches were telling these quarterbacks, get rid of the ball. You think Kansas State wasn't trying to dump the ball off within three seconds? Baylor wasn't trying to throw the ball within three seconds? Well, they don't Texas play them. Tech. They're on the SEC. But it, point taken, the, the thing is, oh, the, all, yeah, the yeah, college right. game I'm, is actually yes. customized. The college game is customized by throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage, the downfield blocking at the time. Like There are so many outs that the college yeah. games affords, and Jerry will hate this because we get on him all the time about this, but the college game affords all these nuanced things that you can do that don't allow the best talent to ultimately prevail. Yes. It's a yeah, gimmick it. game. It's a gimmick sport for the most part. And that in the NFL, you can't hide. You can't hide yeah. behind throwing it down the line yeah. and block like behind the line and blocking downfield and all that other stuff. It's really that simple. Get murdered in the NFL doing that it's, crap. Yeah, it's Let really, alone, it's really it's that simple. Sean, who are some of the other defensive ends that you got on the radar? Uh, who's the kid out of Missouri? You want to talk about some of these other guys to yeah, give a little breakdown of fans? Harris out of Missouri. I, I like, again, Tomlin Thomas is my number two. Uh, Derek Barnett is obviously there, but there are some of those things that are particularly alarming, as I mentioned earlier about Derek Barnett, when it comes to speed rush, uh, shorter arms. Like, he's going to have to be a worker. Now, he's got, you know, he's a four star talent, so it's, it's all there. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be as easy for him as it was. You know, it's in in college, and that Tennessee defense was was pretty doggone good. Now, he Tennessee folks will say he's the next coming of Reggie White, and you know he doesn't have the arm, doesn't have the moves there, but maybe he can develop some of those. So I think he's got upside, but you have to be a little buyer beware. You just can't look at all the production and think you're gonna that's fully translatable. To me, yeah. someone that 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 the Saints look at at eleven or that Carolina maybe targets. I don't. I think Carolina is 
is is probably ripe for taking defense. So he there's a spot for him. Cincinnati's another spot. So he's going to be in that late top ten, uh, early teens possibly. Um, I think that's that's the fit for Barnett. Taco Charlton. That's the guy again that I'd be a little leery of. He he shows flashes, but. I don't know. I can't shake Sean Crable from Michigan, and maybe it's an unfair comp because because Charlton's bigger and and delivered and, and produced a lot. His more. chest is not bigger. His well, chest is not bigger. Yeah. Now speaking of big uh, chest, Charles or Carl Lawson, just you know one of these guys that in the weight room you're terrified of. The production's not as much there. Does he have enough moves? Again, you know you're playing these conferences that have so many spread offenses. You don't know the intricacies of the position, particularly the hand movement, and being able to kind of use momentum at times. Where's um, the Willis kid out of? The, the Willis kid's out of Kansas State. Now he had a monster okay. workout. Monster. Yeah, it, you know, uh, people love his people love his ten yard, his ten yard shuttle coming out of the blocks. They they have this analytical idea of the top pass rushers that have under like a point one point six five. And his was like a 1.59, uh, which was, you know, drastically under what it takes to be a premier pass rusher. So teams are really looking at this dude. I, I read up a couple things on him that he had a really good combine. And he went from being kind of that class B, C, second, third rounder to teams are like, man, has this guy got the upside to maybe jump into the conversation for late first just as a, you know, sheer pass rusher, you know, situational I, I, pass I, rusher. I think uh, Bruce Irvin. Maybe a bigger Bruce serving. Yeah, 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 like that. Yeah, good. So that's that's it on uh, defensive ends, and these guys can get out to the, the the quarterback. Let's move on to the uh, let's go to linebacker position as a whole because I think we categorize some in there because some of those guys can play the outside technique in the three four, but let's talk about the linebacker position as a whole and, and the guy that it's really getting to the point with is there's two guys that are automatic first rounders I think from the inside at the linebacker position. And that's going to be Reuben Foster, uh, who, my God, six foot two twenty nine. I, I just can't believe his size. And then uh, is it Reddick? Uh, what's yeah. from Temple, Sean? Hassan Reddick. Yeah, yeah, Hassan Reddick. Yeah, he's he's looking awesome. I mean, he he looks cut. And I was so impressed with him on how well his hips were. I mean, he looked like he looked like a, like Deion Jones from Atlanta. Like you could, you could put him out in the slot and he could guard somebody on a route. And I think with, again, the way the NFL is moving, you get these linebackers that can get out in coverage and guard and look what you have. You got, you got athletes all over the field. What do you think with those two guys or anything outside of that? I mean, the Reddick dude's going to, he's going to go top, top 15, top 16, I think now. I I really do. I think he's going to fly that high. What I will say is I think Jared Davis is just as good as Ruben Foster, and he's a bigger, like, specked out and everything. Where's he at? Where's he at from? He's Florida, but he didn't work out. Um, But he's – I think he's going to be a guy that goes in the 20s. Um, If he slips into the second, someone's getting a steal there, and they're getting one of these guys that's going to be their middle linebacker for – for a decade and they're wondering and it'll be a trivia question you know what round of the draft did he actually go uh the cunningham kid from vanderbilt i, I like him he a had lot. a terrible combine he had a terrible he, combine Ter- did not run he, well and had stiff stiff hips yeah but i i think he's actually he's a strong side and he's more of like the inside on a three four like he's got a niche that he can carve out and play um so i'm not as worried there 
the the one guy that we didn't mention it when we talked the ends is, is the McKinley kid out of UCLA. I think he was he was yeah. really really yeah. strong. He's having he surgery solid. actually last week, um, right after the combine. So that's a little tricky, but. Uh, I think it's a shoulder or something. Um, yeah, he had a solid but, combine too. He, he just looked yeah, explosive. Yeah, so I, I, I think he's he's going to be right there in the first round, you know, in the twenties. Um, and I, I'd just be a little buyer beware with Ruben Foster. That that small that size is a little bit concerning, and I know he plays, but even when I watched him play, and you know, in comparison to the Evans kid next to him, uh, that's I think a junior this coming year. He just—he's—it's nice to be able to make plays when you're not dealing with any interference. Yeah, and it's nice to be able to make plays when you got Jonathan Allen and Tim Williams and other of these guys. Tim Williams is another guy being an outside linebacker type. He's got some issues right now that he's dealing with. Some teams think Ryan he can Anderson, be overweight. You know, that Alabama defense, yeah, tons and tons of. It's just, yeah. Well, what I would say is Tomlinson, their defensive tackles. Like, there's a lot of those guys that are going to go late that have a lot of upside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well coached in terms of the, the scheme at Alabama too. Yeah. I, I was surprised with the kid from Vanderbilt because they just did not like him uh, at the, and they all wanted to like him and he just looked like he was outmatched from an athletic standpoint, which I don't think, I think the combine is highly overrated. I think it's just a check and balance. I mean, if you're waiting for the combine to make your decisions on who you're drafting, well, what the hell were your scouts doing the last 11, 12 to hell, 12 months to two years? Um, so, you know, from that standpoint, but you can't tell if a guy has stiff hips. You can't tell these other things. Uh, one guy I'd like to mention at the inside linebacker position, Ben Gideon. Uh, I coached the dude at Hudson, great kid coming out of Michigan. Uh, you know, solid senior year. Uh, ben, such a great kid, four four GPA coming out of high school. Uh, you name five it. Five of Grad- the eight. Five of the eight key key like t- testing for the linebackers. He finished in the top fifteen percentile. Yeah, he. Yeah, and there, dude, this dude was a monster. I'm telling you, this dude's a monster in terms of working out. Um, just monster. I mean, he won the bench press uh, at the whole combine with the with the linebackers. He. He threw it up uh, 27 times. I was surprised. I was thinking he was going to do more like 30, 32-ish. But 27, I mean, and they might have – dude, I saw the video. It was so awesome, Sean. The guy thought that Ben was ready to rack it at like 18, and he cleaned – I mean, he just got pissed and cleaned. The next five were like just supercharged out of him. And then he got another four, and it was like, okay, okay. So it was pretty cool to see pretty cool to see i hope ben i I actually it's not a bad thing if ben doesn't get drafted because then he can pick and choose where he wants to go you know what i mean and his Mm -hmm. agent can really get him to a position where he can make a roster based on special teams and that's gonna be tough him making a 53 that's that's a lofty goal for him and i hope he does um just a really tough situation right um made it yeah last year he's better comp he's at least comp wise better than that how did Scooby Wright get 160 tackles in one college season? Well, I mean, you'd got to realize he tore his knee up. I mean, so what, what he what, what Scooby was as as a sophomore was a hell of a lot better player than what he was by the time he got to be a senior. He just yeah. he got caught by the attrition of college football, and that's where and that's all the time that we're giving Scooby Wright. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, no doubt. And Ruben Foster's got shoulder issues. Let's jump right back to the. Uh, to the corners, uh, corners are loaded. 
this corner class is absolutely loaded. Sidney Jones we already touched on, so we won't even go there. But you're talking about my number one corner, and I'm shocking people here. I watched Ohio State the last – I've watched Ohio State my whole life. Uh, Gary Conley is a better man-to-man corner, press coverage corner, than Marcus Lattimore. Marcus Lattimore is more of a zone coverage type corner. Uh, he's a straight-line speed guy. But I'm telling you right now, Gary Conley's a stud in all intents and purposes. And he lit the combine up. Uh, he's my number and one corner. And you barely heard about him. I'm not moving it. I'm there with you. We're, we're going to be on Conley Island. I guess apparently there's not going to be that many other people until after the season starts. And then all of a sudden we're going to be taking immigrants in like crazy, like we're Canada. Um, we should get him on the show. We should get him on the NEG podcast. I'd love to interview him. He's a Star County guy too, Maslin, Ohio. That's right. That's uh, right. He he's the best corner in the draft to me. He he does it all. I mean, how many? This guy played so injured this year, and all he did was make plays. Don't forget the Oklahoma game. In, he, in terms, he, was he was one savage. guy. Everybody, everybody talks about Hooker and Lattimore being one year wonders. Meanwhile, Gary Conley's been the guy for the like the last two years, and I'm not. He was our best corner last the year before that. I, he was better than Eli Apple last year, in my opinion. And Eli Apple got drafted, and I just thought Conley and did so Apple many had things. A they picked on him. Season, all things considered. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying Lattimore is not going to be a good player, but I actually I have buyers beware on Lattimore just because I don't technically see it transferring like long term. I think he's fragile, dude. I really do. And I, dude, I heard Mike Mayock. I couldn't believe this. He said he had an issue with Gary and Conley tackling. Okay. The, he obviously did not watch film on Gary and Conley because Gary and Conley was in a press coverage all the time. You're not going to tackle when you're in a cover zero technique and you're not even looking back at the ball. Like you're only locked in on your man. So you're not going to be tackling that much. It, that's what he was asked to do, and he did it phenomenally. Uh, he just battled all year. So it starts and ends with Conley for me at one. Uh, I think Lattimore's a good player, but, uh, you know. Who else do you like at this at the quarterback position? Uh, Sean, I'll I let you take Davis, away from T- Davis White, LSU. I liked Sidney Jones. I'll tell you a guy that actually really, really impressed me. Adoree Jackson impressed me in the combine. Yeah, he was good. Tom, you hear those too. guys talk a little bit. I still am worried. I think he's more of a slot guy, and I, I just there's some things about me that I just. I don't have the warm and fuzzies totally, but he actually turned around a lot. And and the other guy that I absolutely love was Quincy Wilson from Florida. Tabor yeah. was stiff in the hips, didn't run well. He's going to have to make that up at the combine. Four sixes, but, but in, in in comparison, Quincy Wilson, and then you you know you follow you know at being a Florida State, their our main rival. You get a lot of their their kind of noise from their fan base. Everybody was just always like Quincy Wilson's just as good as Tabor, just as good as Tabor, and I, I think Tez Tabor maybe gets by a little bit too much on Keys. ability than he does with actual skill and and kind of the nuance of the game and i i think quincy's never really had that had had that position so he's always had to just kind of work and work and work you know i look at like a green bay an oakland that and wilson's got some attitude to him too i think he's be a great fit on a handful of these teams seattle he'd be tremendous fit um all these corners are gonna all these teams in the 20s that are sitting there like, gosh, we need to fill a DB. We're not going to pay for Boye or some of these others. Houston's another team. Like they're going to get a corner. It, it, as much as we'll pick nitpick Tabor, he's still a first round talent. Humphrey's a first round talent. Gets a little goofy with his ball, ball skills. I mean, a guy like Jordan Lewis, the king kid from Iowa, Tankersley from Clemson. 
Um, these guys are going to fall to the second and third round. Even the kid from UCLA that uh, I didn't even have on my radar, uh, Monroe or something, I think he he could be a first-rounder now. I think I texted you, Mark, um, during the DB workouts. I didn't even have him there. We're talking 10, 12 DBs that are top 100 players, um, and not even DBs, corners, because we'll move to safeties and go over five or six that are top 100s. Yeah, we forgetting anyone from the guys that you said there. I wish I had the I'm UCLA get name. I'll get him at some point here. He's going to pop up on the next mock. But I'll tell you this: the, the Humphrey kid, Bobby Humphrey's son, Marlon Humphrey. He, Mayock loves him. He transfers to me as more of a safety. Um, the hips are just he not played there. safety I mean, his first year actually. See, actually, so he, I see him more as a safety. I see them trying but to kick him into a safety to cover position. Now. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, is, you're right, but, but at the same team. time, they. And and the thing, the only thing that I don't like about Adoree Jackson is, is he physical enough for the for the for the physicality? Well, is he tough enough for the physicality of the NFL game? That, that's is he going to be able to go up there and get in? He's going to get. These guys he can't sooner go sooner or later. Can bump inside. Can bump to safety. Jackson to me is more of the traditional. He's the island corner. Yeah, he is. Or he's a nickelback. He's really a nickel guy. I mean, trying to guard the buster screen type. So he's an interesting one. You're not going to spend a first round draft pick on a nickelback. So I actually see him sliding the second year returner and even like the ball in some spots. Like he's got a good point. And Devin Hester would have went in the first round if you replay whatever draft that he was in. So when you think of him that way, he's got like Dion when he catches the ball type potential. Yeah. All right, let's move on to safety. Safety, there's really uh, there's three guys at the safety position. Uh, in I my opinion, four. I'll take – okay, we'll go with your four here in a sec. But I like Malik Cooker. It, uh, for me, watching Malik Cooker play for Ohio State this year, you saw professional plays. You saw NFL-style football plays where he came across and he made some interceptions that were like, my God, he is not a college football player. That I haven't seen – a safety play like that at Ohio State in terms of the air game ever. I've never seen a safety play in the air game like he did uh, in terms of coming over and making stupid plays and then just housing balls. He had three, four picks. I think he had four pick sixes. Um, just phenomenal. So I love Malik Cooker and he tests out. His hands are gigantic. And then uh, obviously some people like Adams, which Adams is he looks the part. He's physical. He's got the his father played. Uh, he's got a great little upbringing. Played in a great conference. Adams is going to be a really good player. And these are two top ten safeties. And then I love Peppers too. I think Peppers has moved out of position this year. He has to do a lot of things. I think I think people get so obsessed with roaming him too much. Put him in a free place up top and let him play the ball at the top more than anything. And don't make him come down in the box as much as he did. He's a safety. Put him at free. Let him play freely. And then, Sean, you can add anything to that and add your fourth as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm coming around on Peppers a little bit. I'm, I'm not as high on him as you are. I actually put Man, Peppers right Man, he was right confident with, at the combine. With, with Buda Baker. I, I love Buda Baker out of Washington. Um, same type of guy as far as mentality and go about yeah, it. Yeah, Buda Baker's in the is, conversation for sure. His his comps and everything are, are real strong. And then if you're looking at just some other guys, there's – I. I the, I think it's Marcus Williams out of Utah, um, and then yeah, Marcus he was solid. He had a good combine. 
Marcus he had a Mayer, good combine the Florida, kid Utah. he's a special type of safety, though. He's more of the physical safety. He's your strong safety, more prototypical, um, kind of historically. He's not as much of, you know, kind of a, a, a in-coverage guy, but he's the guy you bring up into the box. And uh, a little bit like who uh, the Neil kid that, that Atlanta took uh, in the yeah. Last year, so Florida. there's you know certain systems he's going to fit. You know he could go to Seattle and replace Cam, the Chancellor down down the road. Um, but I, you know, it just depends. I think Seattle's got to look for more immediate help, and you know a guy like Peppers could make a lot of sense for them. Uh, I think the first two, I think those two safeties are going top ten, uh, or if they don't, I, I'd be really really surprised if they last past twelve, um, if either are available. So I think there's four safeties here that are top. 38 um yeah and then after that you know then it falls off a little bit but then you're the williams kid from utah still got a chance to make the second round as well he's a solid player yeah really quick sean let's do one last segment here in the last segment and in two sentences i want you to give me one one player uh tell me a player tell me a place where he would go and then why he would be a perfect fit there and I'm going to go on the defensive side. I'm going to say Jerrion Conley, and I'm going to say the Seattle Seahawks. If Jerrion Conley goes to the Seattle Super S- Seattle Seahawks, it's a perfect yeah. fit because they play the bump and run coverage that he played his whole career at Ohio State. I'd love to see Conley go to to Seattle. Sean, what do you got? Quick one. This pains me. I'm going to say Julie or uh, Jabril Peppers to Baltimore. Oh, why? I would just be an absolute perfect fit for them, for him. It just, I, I can they see him pick? wreaking what havoc on the Browns they for a decade. They Baltimore, pick 17 or Baltimore is uh, at 16. I think we take Preppers at 12. Greg Williams, baby. That's his style. I hope. I hope. I don't know. O.J. Howard. And then, then, uh, then right, that way it. we got O.J. Howard versus uh, Jabril Peppers, and I'll take O.J. Howard in that matchup because he's got about a foot on him. No comment. I'm taking Jabril Peppers, baby. I want, I want backflips into the dog pound. One last question, Mark. Sidney Jones. You, would you kick the tires on Sidney Jones at the uh, 52nd pick if you're the Browns? Or would you wait at, till at the, the fi- third? At the 52nd pick, I'd kick the tires on Sidney Jones? Yes, because we have so many picks for the future. Yes. I mean, we're the one team that can handle that because these other teams are saying, hey, I don't want to waste this pick and not have it come back with anything. Where we're like, we have three picks. you know, We have all of these picks, so we have the ability to be able to do that, which is interesting. So we'll see more on that. We'll see more on the overall coverage of the NFL draft. Sean, do you have any parting thoughts on our way out? That's it. That's all. That's just pure content, folks. Guys, thanks. Thanks. Uh, you can, Sean, you want to hit us with the follows or you want to give the, the guys what they can follow us at or listen to us more at? Nah, we're not the hype, man. Let Luke and Jerry do that shit. We'll, we'll let them do it. We're just giving you nothing but solid facts, breaking down the stats, and giving you what you need. We out. Peace.